have it here. Okay. All right. Uh, I want to go to, uh, we're going to go to, um, in the New Testament here, do, 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 do. let's see. Get down here to it. We're going to go to Matthew. Matthew chapter 12. And feel like, what are you talking about? I, I, I didn't go to preacher school and those. I just read the book of Matthew run across this. You know, it's, it's, oh, and I just knew where it was. And then, of course, I had to find where this passage was uh, for this morning. But here we go. Let's get into it. Matthew chapter 12. Let's see down here toward the end here. Yeah. So one day, the, this is Matthew 12, and look at verse uh, 38. And we're going to talk about Solomon this morning. One day, some of the Jewish leaders, including some of the Pharisees, came to Jesus asking him to show them a miracle. Now, listen, they hated Jesus. They were not happy with him. Ugh. They were trying to put him out of business. Show us a miracle. Jesus said, only an evil and faithless nation would ask for, look at that, further proof. Remember, he told Nathaniel, you'll see greater miracles than this. Wow. Book of John was numbered them. The first miracle was at a wedding. <laughs> he brought the alcohol. Oh, oh no, oh no. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway. <clears throat> Oh, there will be none except what happened to Jonah the prophet. So now we know why Jonah is in the Bible. Because Jesus referenced what happened to Jonah. Jonah is a quick book. You already know it. Swallowed by, you call it a whale. Doesn't matter, you know. It's so funny. People, they think the story is, was it a fish or was it a whale? That's not the story. Something swallowed him, okay? So you just go on with the reading of it. Really a great story. Because Jonah got out of that whale, not because of the Lord's will. Mm Mm-mm. Read it for yourself. Jonah got out because he said, Lord, get me out. And all of a sudden, up Chuck, boom, he came out. Wow. Okay, uh, let's see. So the Messiah, he says, as Jonah was in the great fish for three days and three nights, so I, the Messiah, shall be in the heart of the earth three days and three nights. What was he talking about? That's the death. Remember, that's when he died and three days later rose again. He told him so many times. Okay. The men of Nineveh shall rise up against this nation at judgment. See, that was the people that Jonah went to go say. And Nineveh was basically Iraq. And that's reason, the that's reason Jonah ran off. He said, I hate those people. I'm not going over there. And Jonah run from doing what the Lord wanted him to do because he didn't want God to be merciful to them. But God was. Wow. Great story there. Anyway, for when Jonah preached to them, they repented and turned to God from all their evil ways. Now, okay, he's leading up to something right here. And now, uh, there is a greater than Jonah here. Okay, now that's important. Greater than Jonah. What's that all about? Well, it's Jesus. Jesus is standing there going, you want proof? And here, I'm God. I'm standing in front of you. You refuse to believe him. The queen of Sheba. Now, what's that? That's another story we'll see in just a moment. Shall rise against this nation in judgment. That meant, you know what? She's still alive somewhere. She's not powdery zombie. She's a real person. You know, she's somewhere. Remember, Moses was dead, and Elijah was caught up into heaven. But Moses was standing next to Jesus uh, in the seventeenth chapter. Here, it's just history. You know, year later or months later than this story here. Okay. She's going to condemn it, for she came from a distant land to hear the wisdom of Solomon. Had to exist, or Jesus is a flat line, he's flat line here. And now, look at this, a greater than Solomon is here, and you refuse to believe him. Okay, and then he goes on and said, man, you know, see, you guys think, uh, you know, some crazy stuff. All right, so let's go look at uh, where we see this. Solomon was, uh, he was a king, that's right. So let's go to uh, the book of Kings here. 
And I want to pick up with, let's see what, uh, let's take, let's see the Queen of Sheba. Watch this. When Solomon finished building, no, excuse me, 10. Uh, this is 1 Kings 10. When the Queen of Sheba, now either the Lord lied or this Bible stuff is hokey or whatever. No, he didn't lie. When the Queen of Sheba, see, Jesus, remember, he expects that we know these stories. Heard how wonderfully the Lord had blessed Solomon. Now remember, we should want the same things that happened to Solomon. You should. Jesus used Solomon several times. He said, look at the lilies, how they grow. And they, they don't spin and they don't toil. And, and it said, in Solomon, in all of his glory, was not clothed as well as these flowers are. You know, when you take a good look at a flower, it's like, wow. God's telling you when you see that flower, he's going to clothe you because that's what he says. And that's in Matthew chapter 6. This woman, wherever Sheba was, I'm thinking it's Libya or somewhere. I th- no, I, th- I actually think it's further south uh, below uh, the, anyway, down, down, down south of Israel, long way. She decided to test him with some hard questions. She arrived in Jerusalem along with a train of, look at this. We don't need that money stuff. Hmm? Yeah, you do too. It's going to come. Not one of these days. It's, you should be looking outside, looking for that caravan. Wow. Now remember Solomon seeing this stuff. They had so much gold that silver was worthless. They piled it up as heaps. Silver was worthless. Solomon's throne he built was pure ivory, and it was covered with gold. And it had six steps. Now this is not a, something you find in preacher school. It's in this book right here. It's... it's, it's it's about two chapters over. And there was a lion on each step. There were 12 lions. 12 lions. It was great. And guess who sat in the throne beside him? His mama, Bathsheba. <gasps> oh, David, he just committed his horrible sin, you know. Well, first off, that's the boy from the horrible sin, you know. I mean, the second one, the first one that passed away. But Bathsheba, he wanted her to have uh, sit right next to him. She did. We miss a lot when all we hear is preachers talk. Just stay with what we hear here, what we see here. So all this gold, jewels, she told him, and she told him all her problems. Solomon answered all her problems. Now remember, he got that from the Lord. The Lord gave him his wisdom. Nothing was too difficult for him. Now that means nothing's going to be too difficult for you either. You know, James wrote a book, and he says in James chapter 1, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. All you got to do is ask, Lord, what do I need to do here? What do I do here? How do I do this? How do I do this? I'll never forget, even, I mean, I mean, just now, the, the job I'm at now, I'm a cost analyst now. And man, I'm right in the team now. They wouldn't get rid of me for nothing. And, but at, when I first started, I was like, Lord, equip me with the smarts. Make me smart as these rest of these guys. Anyway, one of the head guys came in the other day and was asking about the uh, longbow missile. And, they, and, uh, and man, I answered the question. <laughs> You know, I, I told them where we got the money from, how much uh, it would cost to develop all this stuff. I'm just, I just said it, $85 million. And he goes, okay, all right, <clears throat> we're going to use that number. Because that was the same number. we. Anyway, I, I just got on board. I've learned to, and I blame the Lord. He's the one to give me all this stuff. Solomon answered all our questions. Nothing was too difficult for him. For the Lord gave him the right answers every time. Well, I'm jealous. I wish the Lord would do that for me. He will. That's the reason we read it. She soon realized everything she had ever heard about this great wisdom was true. 
She also saw the beautiful palace he'd built. And when she saw, now watch this. Watch this. Now remember Jesus said someone's greater than Solomon is here. So Jesus would not say greater if it wasn't greater. And guess what? Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. This is him today. Jesus, he's standing at your heart's door. You have every bit of this beautiful picture. And it's not spiritual. It's real. Look what she said. She saw the beautiful palace he had built. Now remember, the queen of Sheba's going to put her hands on her hips and go, I cannot believe you're asking Jesus to perform some proof that he's, you know, uh, who he says he is. You're just missing the boat. All right. She saw the beautiful palace he built. Boy, the details were amazing. Anyway, it's in it's previous chapter. When she saw the wonderful food on his table, Psalm 23, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Wow. The great number of servants and aides who stood around in splendid uniforms. Wow. Marching band type stuff. His cupbearers and the many offerings he sacrificed by fire to the Lord. Well, there was no more spirit in her. She just, her breath took away. She exclaimed, everything I heard in my own country about your wisdom and about the wonderful things going on here is all true. Now, remember, she wasn't next door. She was probably 500 miles away or better. I didn't believe it till I came here. But now I've seen it for myself. Wow. Solomon wrote down how to do this. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Uh, let's see. Look at this. She says, and really, the half of it had not been told me. Your wisdom and prosperity are far greater than anything I've ever heard. Remember, who's the richest person in all the world today? Who's the wisest? Solomon. Solomon. Even people don't even know anything. Oh, that was Solomon, yeah. Anyway, look at this. Your people are happy and your palace aides are content, content. But how could it be otherwise? For they stand here every day listening to your wisdom. Blessed be the Lord your God who chose you and set you on the throne of Israel. How the Lord, let's see, let me scroll down. This is still 1 Kings 10. Uh, how, well, let's see, where'd it go? Yeah. But how could it be otherwise? Okay, let's see. Blessed be the Lord who said, all right. How the Lord must love Israel, that's you and I, for he gave you to them as their king, and uh, you give your people a just and good government. Now, remember the Lord said, uh, someone greater than Solomon's here, that's Jesus. And it says here, the Lord gave them Solomon. Well, did the Lord give us anything? Yeah, we got Jesus. She gave the gift $3.5 million in gold, along with a huge quantity of spices, precious gems. In fact, the largest single gift, wow, of spices King Solomon ever received. Anyway, when King Haram's ships brought gold to Solomon from Ophir, uh, they also brought along great supply of algum trees and gems. Solomon used the algum wood to prepare the pillars of the temple. Uh, to make pillars of the temple and palace and for harps and harpsichords for his choirs. Never before uh, has there been such uh, a supply of wood. In exchange for the gifts of, of, from Queen Sheba, King Solomon gave her everything she asked for besides the presents he already planned and she and her servants returned to their own land. Wow, look at this. Each year Solomon received worth a quarter of a billion dollars besides sale tax and profits from trade with the kings of Arabia and other surrounding territories. Solomon had some of the gold beaten into 200 pieces of armor. This is where the gold shields came from. Uh, look at that. Uh, uh, gold worth 
thousand went into each piece, and a hundred shields, eighteen hundred of gold in each. He kept them in the hall of the forest of Lebanon. That's his palace. There it is. Look at that. He made a huge ivory throne overlaid in pure gold, had six steps, rounded back, armrest, and a lion standing on each side. There were two lines on each step, twelve in all. There was no other throne in all the world so splendid as that one. Wow. Solomon's Cups were solid gold, and the hall of the forest of Lebanon, his entire service was made of gold. Now, all this stuff about trying to uh, be humble, and I don't, I, I don't want to be gaudy or whatever. I don't want to have, it's nothing wrong with that. When you see gold on you, you should think, praise the Lord. God got all that gold to Solomon. Also, like Phil, we were talking about reading your Bible, the second chapter of Genesis God says that there was no water, there was no rain in the Garden of Eden. But it said a mist came up. Anyway, and there was a river that flowed through Eden and it branched out. There were four, one was called the Tigris, the Euphrates, and one was called Gihon, where nuggets of pure gold are found. That was before man fell. So God already instituted that there would be gold there. It's for our enjoyment. It's okay. I just, it, I, when I think about that, I enjoy watching the A-Team more. I understand why B.A. Brackus has got all that gold on. <laughs> I mean, it's really funny because it's what a testimony. Wow. Look at it. There it is. S- since silver wasn't used much since it was considered to be not much value. Anyway, Solomon merchant fleet was in partnership with King Haram. And once a year, great loads of... of <laughs> I think I could do without the monkeys, but look at this. Great loads of gold, silver, ivory, and apes, (laughs) and peacocks arrived. Wow. So Solomon was richer and wiser than all the kings of the earth. Great men from many lands came to interview him and listen to his God-given wisdom. They brought him annual tribute of silver and gold dishes, beautiful cloth, myrrh, spire, spices, horses, and mules. Solomon built a great stable of horses, a vast number of chariots, cavalry, 1,400 in all, 12,000 cavalrymen who lived in the chariot cities. Oh, my goodness. Look at this. Silver, there it is. Silver was as common as stones in those days. Cedar was of no value because than uh, the common sycamore. Solomon's horses were brought to him for, from Egypt and southern Turkey, where his agents purchased them at wholesale. Then they sold them to the Egyptians. Here it is. They cost $400 and, he, and were valued at 150 each. They were resold to these guys. Wow. Okay. Uh, let's go back to, while we still got some time and let's find out what happened here. Okay. David has died. Here's his son. Watch what his son does. This is what created all of those wonderful things. And Jesus even recognized it. Solomon made an alliance with Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and married one of his daughters. He brought her to Jerusalem to live in the city of David until he could finish building his palace and the temple and the wall around the city. At that time, the people of Israel sacrificed their offerings on the altars in the hills for the temple of the Lord had been built. Solomon loved the Lord. How many times do we say, I love the Lord. Well, I love the Lord. Well, okay. We're doing good. All right. And followed all of his father David's instructions, except he continued to sacrifice in the hills. Now, there was a reason for that. That's because that's where the altars were back then. But anyway, let's keep going. The famous hilltop altars was at Gibeon, and now the king went there and sacrificed a thousand burnt offerings. That's basically a thousand cows. Boy, I'd knock out Jones Valley, wouldn't it? <laughs> I mean, it's gone. Eh? You didn't sacrifice all of them. Look at this. The Lord appeared to him in a dream that night. This is 1 Kings 3, verse 5. Told him to ask for anything he wanted, and it would be given to him. Now, I, we really don't need to hear that. 
No, yeah, we do too. Jesus said the same thing. Take your pick wherever you want to look. John 14. No, well, what John 14. He said, if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. John 16, he says, up to now you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and it'll be given you. Wow. Solomon replied, you are wonderfully kind. You were wonderfully kind to my dad, David, because he was honest and true and faithful to you and obeyed your, let's scroll down here, commands. And you've continued your kindness to him by giving him a son to succeed him. Oh, Lord, my God, now you made me the king instead of my father, David, but I'm a little child who doesn't know his way around. Now, does this sound like David? Oh, I just, man, I just born smart. No, I'm just smart. He didn't. He didn't even think he was smart. And he wasn't. Okay? And here I am among your own chosen people, a nation so great, there are almost too many people to count. Now, boy, that's, that's part of the Abraham blessing. Give me an understanding mind so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between what's right and wrong. For who isn't able to carry on such a heavy responsibility? Well, the Lord was pleased with his reply and was glad to give Solomon, uh, no, and was glad that Solomon had asked for wisdom. So he replied, look at this. Because you've asked for wisdom in governing my people and haven't asked for long life or riches for yourself or the defeat of your enemies. Now, he would have done it. The Lord would have done it. He said, I'm going to give you uh, what you asked for. Uh, uh, I will give you what you asked for. And I will give you a wiser mind than anyone else has ever had or ever will have. And I'll give you what you didn't ask for. Praise the Lord. Riches and honor. Now, I don't want to go there yet, but we will in a few minutes. Solomon tells us how to get the same thing in Proverbs 3. Wealth and riches is in one hand. Law and life is in the other. And it's so easy. Just love the Lord. Love the Lord. You say, Richard, I know people love the Lord and things go wrong. Well, I know, I know people like that too, but when things go wrong, you need to be going to the Lord and saying, help, help, help. And you don't want to go to a church and say, well, I did that, I said help. It's not between me and the church and nobody, it's between you and Jesus. Don't ask anybody. Go to the Lord. I don't care if your kid's dead. I was just reading a story last week, Elijah, he comes up later on in the book of Kings here, Elijah shows up, wow, great stories. And he's supposed to spend the night, actually stay several times, stay with this widow woman. And they've been doing okay. He lives with them. And all of a sudden, her teenage boy or whatever, maybe he's just an eight-year-old, nine-year-old, all of a sudden, he's dead. And that woman's going, ah, why did the Lord kill my child, you know? I mean, I've been doing everything I can. Why, why? Of course, Elijah takes the child. He doesn't go, whoa, whoa, whoa. He took the child upstairs to his room, prayed over him. And the King James Bible, the Living Bible, says he came down beaming. He said, he's alive. We're so confused today. We believe in evolution. I know we don't, but I'm just saying in general. We get in, in, and we cannot, we, we always think, you know, that there really wasn't a flood. It was not just, it was a regional flood. All these silly things. It was a real flood. It covered this earth. Do you know what? You know what makes a fossil? It's not because somebody died and they're in a coffin. That's going to deteriorate. You have to have pressure. A flood created the fossil record. It, 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 fossils we see today, it's funny that's a, uh, uh, you see all the, in- it's like, how did that happen? But anyway, let's get back to this. So anyway, it, 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 sometimes we, you just think this stuff is just too good to be true, but it's not. Okay. And in all the world will be as rich and famous as you are the rest of your life. I will give you a long life if you follow me and obey my laws as David did. Then Solomon woke up, realized it had been a dream. He returned to Jerusalem, went into the tabernacle. So he lived right next door to the tabernacle. Okay. Um, this is the tent structure. 
And he stood before the Ark of the Covenant. He sacrificed uh, burnt offerings and peace offerings. He invited all his, his officials to a great banquet. Uh, soon after that, two young prostitutes. <laughs> Boy, we just dirty up the Bible, don't we? This is history. We're not trying to look like the greatest Christians in the world. But I tell you what, these two women learned a lesson right here. I mean, they did. Of course, one of them is right. One of them was being a jerk. They came to the queen to have an argument settled. Sir, one of them said, we live in the same house, just two of us, and recently I had a baby. Oh, my gosh. Y'all are prostitutes. I'm going to read the story. I don't care. When it was three days old, this woman's baby was born too. But her baby died during the night when she rolled over on it in sleep and smothered it. Now that's bad, okay? That's horrible. But the baby's dead. Then she got up in the night, took my son from beside me while I was asleep, laid her dead child in my arms and took mine to sleep beside her. In the morning when I tried to feed my baby, it was dead. And when it became light outside, I saw that, hey, it wasn't my son at all. Oh, the other woman interrupted. Oh, it is your son. The living child's mine. No, the woman said. The dead one's yours, and the living one is mine. So they argued back and forth before the king. The king said, let's get the facts straight. Both of you claim the living child. Each one says that the, the dead child belongs to the other. <laughs> Look what Solomon did. All right, bring me a sword. So a sword was brought to the king. He said, divide the living child in two. Give each, one, give each one a half. Oh, man. The woman who really was the mother of the child. And, uh, oh, oh, no, hang on. Let's see. Let's see. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Then the woman who really was the mother of the child and who loved him very much cried out, oh, no, sir, give, give her the child. Don't kill him. But the other woman said, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll just split him, you know, divide him between us. Then the king said, give the baby to the woman who wants him to live because it's hers. Wow. The word of the king's decision spread quickly throughout the entire nation, even reached Alabama. We're reading it today. Let's see, it was 2,500 years later. Word of the king's decision spread quickly throughout the entire nation, and all the people were awed as they realized the great wisdom God had given. You know, one of the things we hear today that's so great, remember, a few words, it's best to have a few words. That all came from Solomon. Hold your mouth. <laughs> you know, don't say so much, you know. Oh, we hear that today. I go to meetings and stuff. People don't, don't say nothing in there. Okay, oh, be quiet. All right. Wow. Now, I'm going to stop here because this is going to be enough, but watch this. Here's a list, and of course, none of this happened. This was all fake. People were in the Stone Age back then. The Iron Age. I mean, you know, it's, I think it's so silly. In Genesis chapter 4, yeah, Genesis chapter 4, Cain's kids. One of Cain's kids is who started the iron foundry. In other words, he was making instruments of iron. Wooden monkeys turning into people later. Anyway, here's the list of King, his, his, his cabinet. Okay, Azariah, son of Zadok, was the high priest. Okay, I give it. It's Bible, high priest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, this guy named El and Ahajaz, whatever, whatever. They were secretaries. Well, now, wait a minute. We're getting a little too deep into these guys know what they were doing. If you got that much gold coming in your place and you're the king of all these people and you got borders, you better be structured. Secretary Jehoshaphat was the official, look at that, historian. I'll never let anybody tell me the Bible's not true. It stood the test of time. Whew. And in charge of the archives. Well, the archives, only people in the, in the 1990s and whatever and stuff 
We've always had archives. They're just on paper. The Indians had archives where? Up here. Of course, a lot of other people had them up there too. Boy, they could spout them off too. Benaniah was commander-in-chief of the army. Wow. Zadok and Abathar were the priest. Jesus spoke about that one. Okay. Look at that. Secretary of State? Yeah. Look at that. Then the king's personal priest and special friend and then manager of a palace affairs, superintendent of public works. There were 12 officials of Solomon's court, one from each tribe. Okay, all the tribes, all the... Twelve tribes. I'm not going to mention all those guys. What's going down here? Those are all the people. Wow. Listed. Look at that. Israel and Judah were a wealthy, populous, contented nation at this time. He ruled the whole area from Euphrates River of the, of the land of the Philistines down to the borders of Egypt, places we know of today. That's a real river. Conquered people uh, of those lands, sent taxes to Solomon, continually served him through his lifetime. Look at this. And now this is just way too much details. That's because it was true. The daily food requirement for the palace. This was the palace. Hey, go get us a couple of cheeseburgers, you know. It took more than that. 195 bushels of flour. How many biscuits are we making? 390 bushels of meal. Now, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong. Bob probably knows, but a bushel, isn't that a barrel or whatever? It's a pretty good size. Maybe it's half of it. It's a pretty good size. 20 pasture-fed men. First, 10, 10 oxen. 20 pasture-fed cattle, 100 sheep from time to time, deer, there you go, buddy, gazelles, roebucks, and plump fowl. His dominion extended over the kingdoms of the West Euphrates, the tips of Gaza, and there was peace throughout the land. Wow, look at this, look at this, 25. Throughout the lifetime of Solomon, all Judah and Israel lived in peace and safety. Hallelujah. And you can read why, and you can read, unfortunately, at the end of Solomon's life, he went downhill. Some people say it was the women. No, it wasn't the women. It was the gods. These idiots would start worshiping these other gods. And Solomon fell for it later, but not right now. Okay, so anyway, let's see the barley. Okay, God gave him great wisdom and understanding. God gave, God gave, God gave. Well, that means it's ours too. Broad interest. Look at this. In fact, his wisdom excelled any of that of any wise men in the East, including those in Egypt. He was as wise as these guys, these guys, these guys. You could say all those people we think in history were so smart. He was smarter. He was the author of 3,000 Proverbs. We're going to look at that in a moment. 1,005 songs. He was, look at this, a great naturalist. Interest in animals, birds, snakes, fish, and trees. Well, that's not spiritual. Well, it's listed here. It looks pretty spiritual to me because God created all that. From the great cedars, look at this down to the tiny little hyssops that grows in the cracks of the wall. Solomon enjoyed all this. Wow. All right, let's see who Solomon blamed for this. Of course we know, but let's go look at this. Now he wrote all of these Proverbs, but let's go to the third and pick out just, just, just the first few verses. My son, this is Solomon talking. Never forget the things I've taught you. If you want a long and satisfying life, closely follow my instructions. What are they? Never tire of loyalty and kindness. Hold these virtues tightly. Write them deep within your heart. If you want favor with both God and man and a reputation for good judgment and common sense, then trust the Lord completely. That's your prayer life. Whew. Ask for the Lord's help. Don't ever trust yourself. 
in everything you do, put God first and he'll direct you and crown your efforts. Now notice that that's three, five, and six, which is trust the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding, all your ways acknowledge him, he'll guide you past. The Living Bible just says a little different. Look at this. A couple more, let's stop. Watch this. Don't be conceited, sure of your own wisdom. Instead, trust and reverence the Lord. Turn your back on evil. When you do that, you'll be given, look at that, renewed health and vitality. Look at this. We were talking about this a few minutes ago. Honor the Lord by giving Him the first part of all your income. Boy, I know that was tough for me when I was a young guy, but it, it, once, I, once I saw this, I, I got it figured out. What will happen? And He will fill your barns with wheat and barley and overflow you with vats of the finest wines. And it goes on and on and on. And long life and all this great stuff. This is Proverbs 3. Notice what he says. Oh, let me jump down. It's far more valuable than jewels. Nothing else can be compared with it. Look at this. Look what it gives you. Wisdom gives a long good life. Wisdom gives riches, honor, pleasure. And we just saw it. Peace. Wow. Oh, we're done. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We learned a lot from Solomon. Praise the Lord, he really existed. Jesus said he was there. We look back at the history of it. We even saw his own historian. So, Lord, we just thank you. If we're not feeling good today, we're going to trust the Lord. You fix us, Lord. If our ears hurt and our eyes or something's wrong, we don't know what it is. You'll just fix it. And if it's financial, whoa, Lord, praise the Lord, you'll fix that too. And if it's something else we didn't even mention, but it's a problem to us, Lord, we just think you're going to get involved and you'll fix that problem too. And that doesn't leave anything left, but for us to be historians too, we're going to tell others what you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah.